Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Exurgat Deus dissipentur inimici eius, et pugiancio derunt eum a facia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangele, defende nos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli est opraecidium. Imperatili Deus supplicas de precamor, tuque princeps militae calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute in infernum netrude. Amen. Mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Beatis Carolus domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Domine ostende facem tuum et salvierimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. So the word technocracy keeps coming up. It really doesn't take, like, it really almost doesn't matter what alternative publication you tune into. At some point, somebody's going to say the word technocracy. And so, so this podcast episode doesn't go completely off the rails. Because in truth, the first time I heard the word technocracy was in a tabletop role-playing game called Mage the Ascension, done by White Wolf Publishing. At the time, it was White Wolf, and they've gone through a whole bunch of other stuff. They've been through, you know, they've been bought out and rebought and all that other stuff. Um, but the core of the of the core of the game <clears throat> is that you play a magician, um, and m- magic in a bend reality to your will sort of magic not sleight of hand or anything like that although you know there is a little bit of sleight of hand and all that other stuff that kind of gets incorporated to it um and given my history as a former occultist at the time actually when i started playing the game i was still an occultist um but fundamentally the core of the game is is the traditional mages as it were fighting against the technocratic union the technocracy and the core of the concept is is that the mages are the free thinkers they're the ones who you know practice the occult and bend reality and do all of these things um and of course there are 
penalties for doing such things. It actually is one of my favorite parts of the game is there's always a price to pay when you try to bend reality to your will. And so the more monumental the act of hubris, the more devastating the damage. And being a Christian and actually like I was playing this game as I was becoming a Catholic. And so a lot of that actually played in very, very much um, into my conversion because it actually sort of refocused. In all honesty, it actually aided my departure from the occult um, because of the fact that, well, I mean, you know, here's a game where the rule like it's not (laughs) I used to joke. It's not called the world of sunshine and lollipops. It's the world of darkness. And it's weird because I would play this game, I think a full, I started playing this game, I think back in 2014, plus or minus 2013, 2014. And it played out as a pretty decent precursor to the way real life is, or at least would become. Because here I am now as a traditional Catholic not involved in the occult, but in part still fighting the technocracy. Only the technocracy being a sort of cheap knockoff version of, of it, of, of you know, like, to be sure, the game was far more interesting than these people are. <clears throat> and when I, and the technocracy, so you understand, the technocracy today is obviously big tech, big pharma, big government globalist communists even antifa like they all they're all basically kind of part of this whole technocratic union because they're all part of this machine trying to take over the world now i'm not going to get into the game mechanics too much because it is in fact a game um and since i've become a catholic when i whenever i do gather with my friends we play and we still play this game I make sure to weave in theology, doctrine, morals, dogma. I actually use it as sort of a low key. Um, and, and I can actually talk about this now because I know none of my friends, actually, none of these friends actually listen to this podcast. So, <laughs> but I use it as a low key Catholic apologetics. Um, so there are severe consequences. Um, and often permanent consequences for violating, you know, Catholic morals and dogma. Now, if they knew that it was Catholic morals and dogma, I don't think they'd find the game as fun as fun to play. But since half of the game, the half of the enjoyment of the game is actually surviving and managing it to make it past all of these nasty chastisements, um, it's it's somewhat worth it. Plus, you get an opportunity. Like I said, I use I use it as kind of a low key sort of undercover Catholic apologetics. The the game that we're playing in the real world is actually after a manner. It's after it is actually for all the cards. If these people manage to gain control, here's the thing: it's not going to last forever. These people are very much like a serpent, but eating its own tail. Because it's one thing to actually reach around and bite your own tail and thereby create a loop. It's another thing entirely to attempt to swallow it, which is exactly what these people are doing. The 
technocratic. In fact, I'm, we're just going to use technocratic union. That's going to be my coin phrase for the globalists. Um, it seems to be the most adequate uh, because we are talking about a union of big government, big tech, big pharma, big oil, big everybody, big energy, big everybody. If it's a large scale corporation, it's there. If it's boots on the ground, then it's probably Antifa or BLM or some other leftist, ridiculous leftist cause. And in that, you can include the the LGBT. I can't even call it the LGBT LGBT agenda because, in truth, over time, lesbians, bisexuals, and gays are going to get tired of the trans. And the transgender stuff is only a precursor to the transhuman stuff. And all of it's ugly, all of it's grotesque, all of it is mutilation of the right order of things. And they're not going to, like, there's only so long that this is actually going to carry forward before they finally say, okay, I'm just disgusted with this. So we're just going to include the trans agenda in with the technocratic union. And everybody else in that in that supposedly rainbow flag you know, before too long, they're all, let's be real. They're all going to get disgusted with it. The human, the human mind, the human body, the human, you know, the eyes, the imagination, we tend to look for the beautiful. Now, granted the technocratic half of the LG and B are the ones who like to poison the beautiful, the innocent, the true. But eventually, like no joke, if the transhuman agenda carries all the way through with the transgenderism and all that other stuff, if they were to carry it all the way through, there's not going to be any more beauty in the world. Certainly not any more physical beauty as embodied by man and woman as they were created by God. Because there'll be mutations, mutilations as created by men. Now, let me get back to the technocratic union. The technocratic union wants to convince people that the green agenda is a valid agenda. They want to convince you to eat the bugs or whatever synthetic proteins they manage to cook up in a lab or whatever the lab grown meats, the plant based suppose the plant based quote unquote meats, the impossible meats as it were, because they are actually impossible because they're not actually meats. They're mostly just proteins and hormones and, and things that make you, you know, mutate. I'm going to say mutate because if you're a man and you're taking in all those hormones, you will mutate into part woman. And I say part woman, cause it's not like it's going to suddenly give you, you know, the lower, the lower genitalia, but the upper genitalia are definitely on the docket. If you decide to continue with the soy and with the soy and the impossible meats. The the green agenda is trying to convince you that eating actual meat like chicken and beef and lamb and goat and deer and elk and moose and all of the other meats that are fit for human consumption, pheasant, quail, whatever, you know, the, the, the myriad of the myriad of bird species, the myriad of cattle, cattle and herd species. The myriad, even the myriad of rodent species like rabbit, because rabbit is quite tasty. And then the various, and then the various fish and sea creatures like squid and octopus, like trout and bass and salmon 
like halibut and shrimp. They're going to try and convince all of humanity that those foods, foods which we have, at least in America, taken for granted for the last 50 to 70 years. Yes, some of the food's more expensive. Salmon is far more expensive than your average fish. Halibut is far more expensive than, say, tuna. But these green people have not said, hey, we can switch to some other meat. They have said we need to get off of meat altogether. Notwithstanding the fact that we've actually created a, a sort of balance with our farming, with our catching, when it, with, with our catch, capture, such as in the case of the fish species. Not to mention that we've achieved some kind of balance with hunting. And hunters are the first ones to tell you that they don't want that they don't want hunting to go away because that's when you know deer become nuisance species, like the boar, like the wild boar, the wild pig down in down in the south, from Texas all the way through to Georgia. People don't understand that wild pig is actually a nuisance species, which is why it's good to hunt them. They don't understand that moose and elk and caribou and, and deer and all of the other herd species can, can also become nuisance species. But they're not concerned with that. They're not even concerned with the fact that if the, if the herd species increase, then you get the predator species like the wolves and the bears that dramatically increase. People don't, like, the green, the green agenda doesn't take into account that the whole point behind humanity even being here is to be a steward to try and keep all of those things in balance so that nothing vanishes, so that nothing goes away. But they would instead prefer to say that eating meat is always bad. Hunting is always bad. It's killing, it's butchery, it's murder, it's blah, 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 blah. The green, the green agenda doesn't care. The green agenda aspect of, <clears throat> of the technocratic union doesn't care that human beings need coal and wood and oil and gas and diesel and natural gas and propane and methane and all of those things. We need those things so that we can continue to push out into the further frontiers. We need those things to stay warm, to continue in, to, to maintain the continuity of industry. And to be sure, you know, we don't need, we certainly don't need the continuity of industry to the ridiculous level where we have giant container ships carrying billions and billions of dollars of stuff from a country that employs slave labor like China or other nations that employ slave labor. Like, like I mentioned in the previous podcasts about, about, you know, African slaves now picking cotton instead of in America, in Africa. Central and South American slaves, not really picking cotton per se, but turning it into textile and turning those textiles at, you know, a mere, at, at, a, at a steal of $1.50 a day. What we've done is basically turned all of, those, all of those industries which could have had a chance to be balanced locally, we've turned them into industries that are now slave industries all over the world. 
But the folks in the technocratic union don't want you to pay attention to that. They want to bring all of that to a halt. Well, that's a little bit, as they like to say, problematic. Because if you bring all of that to a halt, people starve. People freeze. People die of exposure to the heat. They're not interested in all of that. They just want control. And they don't just want control of the things. They've proven, thanks to Justin Trudeau, they've proven they want control of the ideas. Because ideas are dangerous. That's why the Department of Justice, in its part of the technocratic union, has decided that anything that could be considered mis, dis, or malinformation for whatever for whatever it is that those mean, at least in their mind, compared to what they actually mean, you know, for those of us who are, you know, in the real world, they've decided that that is going to be a precursor to terrorism. So now, this podcast can be accused of being a terrorist podcast. And to be sure, I've got some spicy takes on some stuff. But the technocratic union has decided that they're going to move themselves into a position that whenever they feel like it, they can target this podcast or any other podcast that you listen to and deem them to be terrorists. And what is terrorism? Well, whatever they say it is. To nod, hat tip to Russell Brand, who put out a magnificently entertaining podcast episode about misinformation and the DOJ and other state actors. But they've revealed that plan that they want to control the ideas. They want to control the production. They want to control the food. They want to control the energy. I'm sorry. Did that, did I leave anything out? Is it production, food, ideas, energy, ideas? Oh yes, I did leave something out because then we get, then we get to the COVID aspect of the technocratic unions move. And if you'll notice, as much as everybody sort of dialed back, so you've got Germany dialing back, Austria, Austria dialing back, you've got all these countries and regions that are dialing back in some of these protocols, but what they haven't done is they have not released the control. And again, Canada being the exemplar par excellence <clears throat> has shown it because they've decided because they've decided to actually take it to a whole new level that all of these people who want their lives back they want their children to be back in schools without having to worry about masks and vaccines they want to be able to go to restaurants and bars they want to be able to live their lives like normal human beings like normal human beings and what did the government do they clamped down even further locking the bank accounts which would be the other part and the government of Canada has actually now thus declared that you don't own your money, which means you don't own your labor, which and you don't own your bodies because they can tell you they can force you to get this jab and force you to get verification of the jab. They can force you to wear masks. They've decided you no longer own even yourself. And that. At least with this overt act has illustrated what the technocratic union wanted all along. They want. You, body, mind, soul. Which means, of course, anybody who says that another human being 
created in the image and likeness of God does not actually have sovereignty or agency over their own body, over their own children, over their own families, over their own property. Well, we all know where that comes from. That can only come from one place because it definitely doesn't come from the church because the church has that fundamental understanding that every man and woman is created in the image and likeness of God. And God has deemed that we have free will. Now, we don't have free will to do just whatever, because just whatever, in most cases, is very, very self-destructive. It's self-destructive to society. It's self-destructive to the family. It's self-destructive to the individual. And so God in his wisdom, has revealed to us a set of standards and measures that we can apply. And then everything that is a prudential judgment in that myriad, and it is a myriad of things that are in the various quote-unquote gray spaces between the Ten Commandments, everything within that myriad, we are permitted to make the choice based on our state and our status in life, meaning based on based on where we, we where we are at in our own progression as human beings and based on our own obligations whether we be priest religious or family and if we stay within those bounds we find that we have a tremendous amount of prosperity a tremendous amount of happiness and a tremendous well a tremendous lack of dependence on things that make us spoil. I think spoil is probably the best word for that. The technocratic union doesn't want any of that, so we know where they come from. They come straight out of the pit of, the, of hell. Right out of that wicked intellect of the devil. Which means, as boring as it, because I got to be perfectly honest with you, I would much rather be able to conjure lightning bolts and such to smite my own enemies. But I mean, let's be real. That's not, that's not really a thing. Although, you know, we've, we've got lasers and sonic weapons and missiles and bullets and swords and spears and guns and all that other stuff. As fun as it would be to actually do that, the actual most effective weapon against the technocratic union is faith. It's prayer. It's the word of God. Because all they can do in the face of the word of God is, well, is say something stupid like, well, you don't really believe in that superstition, do you? Oh, you're a white supremacist. You're a racist. That's all they can say. They, excuse me, they don't dare admit the truth. The truth is, is that people are far happier. Far, far happier. Following their well-formed intellect. Properly catechized and following the will as revealed by God. 
God is not going to come down and say, you can't be an aircraft mechanic. God is not going to come down and say that you must be a farmer or must be a blacksmith. God is not going to say that you absolutely must be a carpenter. You're not allowed to be a mathematician. He has never said any of that in any, in any and all of history. All of the great scientific leaps, the big ones, the ones that led us to the point where we could stand on their shoulders and reach up to the stars, almost literally, all of those discoveries, all of those methodologies, all of those techniques, those are all there because of Catholics. As much as Galileo was a moron for not taking a half second to take a breath when he was trying to teach the heliocentric solar system, despite the fact that even he could not answer the question about the lack of apparent parallax, which is to say the visual evidence that we are, that the earth is the one moving through space. Which, by the way, is actually what got him condemned because he was told because he was told, look, you don't have this proof. You can teach the theory. But you don't get to teach it like it's a fact. And it would be some years, some many years, at least one to two centuries before the development of telescopes advanced enough to where you could detect parallax. And to be sure, there's some other things that, you know, we probably got to go back and question because I ran some numbers and I'm looking at I'm going, uh, it's distinctively possible the Earth isn't isn't the one that's moving. And this is running numbers. And I'm good at these numbers because these are mechanical engineering numbers. And sure, there are probably some explanations. But those are going to have to be examined as well. And then there's also the fact that, you know, scientists actually let slip about three or four months ago that we're actually located in the center of the universe, that the mathematical center of the universe is less than a light year away by their reckoning. And think of think of the billions of light years that you have to travel, because, I mean, literally, they had to invent a new for a new scale of measure so that you weren't using stupidly large numbers that were mind bending like trillions and quadrillions quintillions of miles they actually they actually had to encapsulate that in parsecs so that it so that it wouldn't completely boil a person's brain over trying to remember how many zeros because the distances are that far So when scientists accidentally let slip that we just crossed to within a light year of this, of the geographical, excuse me, geographical is not the right word, astrographical center of the universe. And they just let it slip like it was no big deal. I caught it. It was just like, whoa, huge admission. Huge admission. Huge for a bunch of reasons which I'll get to probably in a later podcast. Which, by the way, if you're interested in that, eh, 
maybe uh, consider hitting like or give a rating on Apple or Google or whatever, um, or wherever it is that you're listening to this. Um, you can also email the show, Caleb at RadioFreeCatholic.com. If you're interested, if you're actually, if you think that would be an interesting topic for me to dive into, let me know. The, the fact is, is that Galileo would not have had the telescope in the first place, were it not for a Catholic scientist. Were it not for Catholic machinists. So for anybody to claim that Catholicism is a rejection of science, you wouldn't have the disciplines in science were it not for Catholics. But that is the theme of the technocratic union, that the people who would resist their wickedness, and it is evil on every level, are somehow anti-vax. Well, actually, there's I'm beginning to see a good reason to be anti-vax, like legitimately, but anti-science, superstitious, Luddites, which seems ridiculous when you say that to somebody who very clearly is not a Luddite, otherwise he wouldn't have a podcast. We wouldn't be where, like, no joke, You like, we could not be the things that they accuse us of. Well, because we wouldn't do half of the things that we do in order to spread information. This is a war for the mind of the human being. This is a war for the heart and the soul. And while most people are caught in the middle and will likely actually find themselves in a unique level of damnation because they are, in fact, lukewarm, there are two sides. There are those of us who prefer the freedom as granted to us by our God. And there are those of us who wish to take it away. And the ones who wish to take it away are the ones who I'm going to, from here on out, refer to as the technocratic union, because they think they know better. But if you prick them, do they not bleed? And so long as that's true, they are not God. And they're not the gods that they think they are. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> 